Welcome to church. Right off the bat, I want to wish a happy Mother's Day to all the moms, grandmas, soon-to-be mamas, not yet mamas, and spiritual mamas. This day is for you. We see you. We appreciate you. We love you. Before I dive in, I just want to let you know that this Mother's Day, we as a church have the opportunity to honor our moms in a really unique way. We're partnering with World Hope Canada in their TAP Effect project, which provides clean water to families in Cambodia. If you want to do something special for your mom, or maybe in addition um, to what you've already done, the church will match every gift up to $10. So we're hoping to bless World Hope Canada with a generous offering, all in the name of the love that we have for our moms. I have to confess something. I'm not a huge fan of Mother's Day sermons. Now, hear me out. Yes, I have some sweet memories growing up of church services where smiley male ushers handed every woman a flower. But I've also heard countless heartbreaking stories of women who have felt embarrassed, discouraged, and downright gutted over how the church has handled Mother's Day in the past, in their experience. Sure, it is a beautiful thing to be a mom, and that's what we celebrate on days like today, the good moms in our lives. And likewise, on Father's Day, it's a beautiful thing to celebrate being a dad, but it's also a beautiful thing to be the exact person that God created you to be in this moment. And it's a tragic thing that anyone here would think otherwise about themselves. And it's a tragic thing to know that for some of you, one of the hardest days of the year is today. Maybe you're watching today, woman, man, or child, and you're feeling depressed. Your mother or your grandmother or your spiritual mother is no longer with you. And that hole in your heart is immense. And maybe you're feeling hopeless today because you've struggled with infertility for years. All you want is a little baby in your arms and you're left wanting. And you and your spouse feel lonely on this journey. Maybe you're alone and in pain. Maybe you're here today remembering the pain of your own upbringing, the ways that your imperfect parents treated you. And maybe you're here today and you're grieving the loss of one of your own children. Maybe your dreams of marriage and family have not yet come true and they feel so far off in the distance, you're starting to lose patience and you're starting to lose hope. Maybe there's some people who are currently parents right now feeling like a failure in their relationship with their own kids. And maybe your feelings of hopelessness and grief have nothing to do with Mother's Day at all, but more to do with the season of life that you're in or the ways that COVID has robbed you of your joy. Maybe you're dealing with restlessness or marriage struggles or addiction. Whatever you're going through today, I can promise you this, you are not alone. I know people that fit every single one of those categories. And I think at this point, all of our hearts are wondering this. Will God comfort us here? Will he meet me in this pain and suffering? In the passage today, we're going to see that the Israelites knew a thing or two about hopelessness and discouragement. They too felt like God was absent in their struggle, that they were abandoned in their grief. These Jews were at a point of hopelessness and exhaustion. They were trying to envision a new life, one that had to be rebuilt. But in this passage, God is giving them a glimpse of what's to come. Why there's still hope and beyond that, rejoicing. 
Prophecies of the coming Messiah are woven throughout the book of Isaiah. There is not only a present promise that God is always with his people, but a future promise that there's a Savior coming and his kingdom will last forever. As God talks to his people at the end of Isaiah, he reminds them that those who hope in him will be taken care of. In my ESV study Bible, it says the certainty of future blessing calls for joy in the present. So he's encouraging his people to not only have hope in him, but to rejoice in this reality, even if the scope of their future hope isn't fully realized yet. In God's monologue to his people, he starts by talking about rewarding the humble and being on their side. And he goes into the section about rejoicing in Jerusalem. And here we see the unique relationship Jerusalem have, has with the Israelites, that the Israelites have with Jerusalem, their city. And we also see the unique relationship that God has with his chosen people, a people he desires to use in order to bring his salvation to the entire world, a people that have turned their backs on him time and time again, instead of trusting in his unwavering kindness and faithfulness. And it's here where we pick up in verse 10. Rejoice with Jerusalem. Be glad with her, all you who love her. All you who mourn with her, drink deeply of her glory, even as an infant drinks at its mother's comforting breasts. This is what the Lord says, I will give Jerusalem a river of peace and prosperity. The wealth of the nations will flow to her. Her children will be nursed at her breasts, carried in her arms and held on her lap. I will comfort you there in Jerusalem as a mother comforts her child. When you see these things, your heart will rejoice. You will flourish like the grass. Everyone will see the Lord's hand of blessing on his servants and his anger against his enemies. You know, Henry has had some incredible one-liners lately, and it's impossible to remember them all, but I'm going to give just a couple as an example. He has been loving um, asking us what our favorite things are. And so just for um, instance... <laughs> On the daily, he'll say things like, Mommy, what's your favorite show? And I'll be like, not even able to respond. He'll he'll respond before I even can. He'll be like, is it, is it Baby Shock? Mommy, is Baby Shock your favorite show? And I'll be like, oh, no, dude, not even close. About a month ago, we were in the car on our way to get ice cream. And his recent thing has been telling us to be quiet when he wants to think or he wants to say something. And so he said, no, Mommy, you stop talking. And I replied, Henry, mommy and daddy can talk. You need to be nice. And Justin chimed in and reminded him, if you want ice cream, then you need to be a nice boy. And then he responds in a very worried tone. Oh no, I can't be a nice boy. It's hard to be nice. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes, am I right? Well, Junia, on the other hand, who has recently turned one, can't say a whole lot yet, but it is amazing how expressive she is and how she's able to communicate with us so well. She points hardcore at the thing that she wants and the direction she wants us to take her. And she says, mama, in the sweetest way. Maybe we'll show you a little snippet of that at some point. Mama. Juni, say mama. <laughs> Hey, Junie, Junie, get her to say it. Junie, say mama. Mama. <laughs> mama. Aw, it's Junie. One more. Okay. Bye, little crazy girl. Mama. Oh, she does as soon as I put it there. 
she says aya for hello every time someone enters the room and she started giving these like little underbite kisses <laughs> and it's the best thing ever it was like it's just so cute i can't even handle it but for as cute as all those things are it's really our breastfeeding relationship that just overwhelms me with how sweet she is all i have to say is junie milkies and she just comes running across the room like little Frankenstein yelling with delight in my direction and I'll act it out but you better not hold this against me and never use it as a gift for any reason she literally goes <laughs> and that's like <laughs> her excited tone so she's doing this and by the time she gets to me she's pulling at my shirt and grinning up at me with the most satisfied look on her face that I have ever seen before she even starts nursing it makes me think about our relationship with God. As we read in scripture today, God tells us that he will comfort us like a mother comforts her child. That when we trust in him, we can be fully nourished and satisfied. That we will flourish like the grass. And now all I can picture when I read that is Junie's happy, content little face staring up at me before she even started nursing. You can see it in her eyes. She's familiar with me. She's confident in the process. She's trusting and excited because she knows that I have proved myself to her over and over again. That I will provide for her. That I will nourish her and comfort her and love her. Do you do that with God? Do you go to him when you want a drink? When you need peace or comfort or hope like streams of water in the wasteland, believing that he will come through. Believing that you will receive it. Do you go to him confidently? It's okay if you look a little bit like Frankenstein as you run to him. Do you fully trust God who has proved himself over and over again as our source of provision and comfort? The Israelites struggle with this. The Old Testament is filled with stories time and time again when the Israelites would turn to the powers of the present to put their hope in instead of looking to God. When God asked them to do crazy things, they looked to other kings and kingdoms. And when God simply asked them to trust him and not to worship other idols, what did they do? They built other idols out of their distrust. The Israelites have a track record of taking their eyes off of God and setting their gaze on earthly wisdom and power because it was in front of them physically distracting them from what they knew to be true. And it got them into loads of trouble. It sent them into exile. It separated them from God's plan on a regular basis. Their disobedience had negative consequences. Extra anxiety, grief, and pain were just a few of the side effects from their lack of trust in God. My ESV study Bible says this about the Israelites earlier in the chapter when faced with the reality of the Assyrian Empire's advances. The question forced upon Judah by this threat was one of trust. In what will God's people trust for salvation? In human strategies of self-rescue or in prophetic promises of divine grace? No wonder we can relate to them so much. Maybe you can see yourself in their story, knowing in your heart that God's ways are higher, that he only wants what's best for you, but settling for low-hanging fruit for the sake of security or pride or short-term comfort. This also reminds me of Junie. Breastfeeding is an amazing beautiful journey a little disclaimer if you do not breastfeed there is no judgment here every parent is amazing in my book i've just learned some interesting lessons along the way from feeding my children like this anyway watching your child grow from the milk inside your body is a crazy miraculous thing but it's definitely not all peaches and cream as i'm sure a lot of you know 
it's physically grueling and hard, it's painful, and the babies are not always cooperative. In fact, the older they get, the harder it is for them to focus. Judy often takes her eyes off the prize and whips her head to look around at whatever is going on around her. Will any of those things give her the sustenance that she needs? No. But Henry listening to Baby Shark in the background and singing at the top of her lungs, no wonder she, she wants to be a part of it. But all I want to say is, June, there will be plenty more Baby Shark. Believe me. Right now, can't you just eat and get the nutrients you need to truly live? God not only describes himself as a perfect heavenly father in scripture, but also as a mother because he knew we needed both. He knows exactly what we need. And he compares himself to a mother on more than a handful of occasions. He's talked about himself being a protective mother bear, attacking those who have robbed her of her cubs, a mother hen who desires to gather Israel under her wings, a mother eagle who cares for her nested chicks by hovering over them, spreading her wings to catch them and carrying them to where they need to be. It's actually quite amazing that God describes himself as a mother comforting her children because if your baby has ever gotten hurt and you happen to be breastfeeding, then you know what a huge lifesaver it is to be able to nurse them back into a smile. Babies don't just come for nutrition. They come to be nurtured. They come to be comforted. And as much as breastfeeding is a good picture of the comfort we can receive from God, it's also a humbling analogy to show us the dangers of taking our eyes off of him, of becoming more like the Israelites, distracted by the world around us and not paying attention to the source of life in front of us that can give us all we need. I don't know where each of you are at today, but I can guess that most of us in one way or another are grieving, are suffering, most of us are caught in some sort of emotional, mental, or spiritual pain that feels difficult to see beyond, that feels lonely and isolating. And whether it's not knowing how to move on after a loved one has passed, or it's feeling as though COVID has paralyzed your world. We are all grieving in different ways, but there is hope. He will comfort you here, but you need to be willing to reach out to him like my baby girl reaches out to me. You need to be willing to climb into his lap to be carried by him. Not grasping at the world like the Israelites did over and over again, like we do over and over again, but positioning your face to be centered on him, to be trusting in his arms, to relax against his character like a child relaxes into the embrace and the safety of their mother. You must be willing to be comforted, willing to trust willing to turn away from the temporary human solutions that catch your eye, willing to believe that God has hope and peace in store for you today, that he will comfort you here. So instead of there being a big challenge today, like go out and invite a friend to church or go get baptized, which are all great things, so you should go do them. Today, I want us to examine our relationships with God. Are you a Junie? confidently and humbly running toward your parent for comfort and reassurance? Or are you an Israelite? Have you taken your eyes off of Jesus? Have you stopped running to your perfect parent for support and strength? And instead you look everywhere else. Take time to examine your life this week and tell God this, help me run to you like a child to their mother. Help me rest in the shadow of your wings and lean into your safety. Even when all I want to do is push away, help me receive your comfort. 
what would our relationships with Jesus look like? If we came to God the way Junie comes to me, if we came expectant, hopeful, joy-filled, even when every promise is not yet realized, even in the waiting, even in the pain, what if we came to God knowing without a shadow of a doubt that he would meet us here, that he would comfort us here, that he would provide the nourishment we need for the day, the comfort we need for our past mistakes and our future worries, what would our relationships with Jesus look like if we treated God as our mother and our father, a perfect parent that we could fully trust in and fully rest in no matter what our earthly parents looked like? What would we as a church community look like if we stopped looking to the world for our affirmation or our own pride or knowledge or sense of security or comfort? Imagine what our relationships with each other would look like if each of us were firmly rooted in a nourishing relationship with Jesus Christ. If we had that kind of relationship with Jesus, it would surely pour out into our other relationships. Our hearts would overflow with love from the abundance we have received from our core support and our hope and satisfaction that we have in God would spill out into our community. Our foundation of being rooted in Christ would be evident to those around us because the fruit of resting in Jesus is revitalization for everything and for everyone. Here's what I know to be true and this is the good news. That no matter what you are going through, he will comfort you even here. He will meet you. He will spread open his arms to you even now. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to, to listen to your word, to be reminded of your truth. Thank you for comforting us like a mother comforts their child. Thank you for be giving us good gifts like a perfect heavenly father. Thank you for seeing our pain and our suffering our exhaustion, our depression, our anxiety, our worries, our cares, our futures. Thank you for seeing all of it and knowing exactly where we are and still extending your arms to us. No matter what mistakes we've made, no matter what fears we have or our lack of faith, Lord, you are faithful to us just like you were to the Israelites. I just pray over every single person today, Jesus, who is really going to struggle through the day because Mother's Day for them represents something that is painful. And whether that's abuse that they once experienced or that's that they lost their own mom this year or their grandma or maybe a couple years ago and, and it's still so fresh and it still hurts. Lord, we love our mamas and it's a painful hole. So would you fill that? Would you meet us here, Lord, those struggling with infertility, those who desperately want families of their own? Lord, would you speak into that emptiness, into that void, into that pain and loneliness? And would you bring life into it? Would you fill their hearts with peace and comfort as they wait? And Lord, for those who have not yet married and want to marry and not yet had kids and want to have kids, Lord, would you remind them that your timing is perfect and that you see them and you know their hearts and you know their desires. And Lord, those who have lost their own children, 
We can't imagine that grief. So we pray that your arms would protect them and comfort them, that you would wrap your, your arms around them, that you would hold them tightly and remind them of your embrace and your goodness. And as we lift up those mothers, Lord, we simultaneously praise you for the mothers in our lives that have given us so much blessing who are filled with graciousness and kindness and boldness and strength and passion and love. Lord, we thank you for our moms. We thank you for the gift of motherhood. And we pray that those of us who are moms, you would make us the best moms we could be. Lord, thank you for such a great day, a happy Sunday where we can celebrate you together as a family in Christ. We love you and we praise you. Thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name, amen.